All right, so listen, uh, you don't do this very often, which is the best thing about it. I'm actually honored that I have you. We have Tyler Flora. Um, Tyler, I've known you now for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. You are, you, I genuinely believe, like, when I when I think about you and I think about the model and what you've done, it's so inspiring, man. I'm honored that I get to sit with you today. We're going to spend 20, 25 minutes just talk about sure. business, life, whatever you want. Uh, you are the CEO of Sunny Hill Mortgage. It's more than just Sunny Hill. You also have Sunny Hill Realty. I'm hearing there's Sunny Hill Title at some point. Yeah, so there's, there's a lot of Title Real Estate. Uh, there's a construction company. There's an investment firm, uh, investment holding company. Um, there's there's a bunch of things. Um, I'm busy. Um, yeah. And I'm not one of those people that wants to drive to build the biggest of any single industry. It's just not how I'm programmed. I want to control the experience uh, within an industry and drive a better product overall. That's awesome. So listen, uh, we've talked a lot in the past. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I feel like I, I know a lot about your business, your team, and about the things like you do with your team on a daily basis, but let's just start from the basics. I want Tyler to give me three words to describe himself. Dedicated. Driven. I'm trying to give you the best words to describe. Aware. Aware. Okay. So, uh, do you mind if I oh, yeah, expand I on that? So, the awareness is I'm aware of my own faults, and I surround myself by people to plug the faults. Um, I'm very honest with myself of what I'm good at. I'm, I'm good at a lot of stuff. Uh, I'm bad at a lot of stuff, too, and I acknowledge that, and I bring in the people that fill that void. So, uh, Sunny Hill Financial wouldn't be where it is without a team around me plugging the gaps in my skill set. So, I'm aware of that. So I like that you explained the word because I, I was going to separate dedicated and driven with the word. Because look, a lot of people say, hey, listen, I'm so dedicated. I am so driven. And I want to accomplish this. And I want to do this. And I want to do that. Uh, but sometimes when I dig in, and we're in an industry where we, we deal with people all the time, you, you hardly find the why. Well, it's what are you dedicated to. Yeah. Right? And, you know, I'm not dedicated to being the best. I'm not dedicated to much. I'm dedicated to... Uh, the message that we're trying to portray at Sunny Hill Financial, and we're very, very client-driven. I mean, uh, it's reflected by the reviews of the company. It's reflected within the work ethic of the team. It's reflected within uh, top-down the message that I provide when I get on the phone with the client. It, it, clients matter, and the experience matters, and uh, us following through and having the dedication to trying to drive that kind of an experience is one of the reasons why, uh, you know, clients really enjoy working with, you know, loan originator at Sunny Hill Financial. Yeah, you know. Uh, look, you're close to Rocket. You know a lot about our isms, mm -hmm. our culture. You've been part of Rocket at one point in your career as well. Uh, but I also met your team. I went down to AZ. We met your entire team, mm -hmm. and 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 I felt there was a lot of like culture. There was a lot of team bonding, and and I know you know about our isms. But share with us a little bit about your team. Like like what is what what is that glue that holds your team together, and how have you been able to take that team and continue to grow every single year? Um, it comes down to caring about 
the individual goals of the team members. I mean, one of the questions I ask every single person who joins Sunny Hill Financial or any of my companies is, you know, what is your personal goal? What do you want to do? Um, and that's what I hold them accountable to, right? If you hold them accountable to a goal that you set for them, um, you're not helping them, you know, move forward in their career, in their life, and achieve what they want to achieve. So, uh, one of the main points about the glue is we care about the success of the individuals in the company, um, and we care about accomplishing their goals. Not so much my goals. I always say um, at Sunny Hill Financial, if I take care of those around us, you know, at some point when I need help, you know, people will be there to take yeah. care of me, right? And it's that selflessness. Um, that is portrayed top down in the company. Every single person is this way. In my yeah, opinion. I was going to say it's not just you. It's not like just me. Met Mitch and others, and they all share the same vision and the same belief. Yeah, and if everybody's moving in the same direction, trying to succeed, trying to accomplish their own personal goals, it's no longer work, and it's no longer coworkers. Right? There's a bond there. There's everybody's moving in the same direction with the same ideology of let's get there together. So. It is different. Um, you know, I care about burnout. It's a big issue in the industry. Um, you know, people working the crazy hours, people making the money, people grinding it out, and they get burned out, and they get disenfranchised about the industry. So, you know, at Sunny Financial, we have no mandatory work hours. We have unlimited time off, right? It's all driven by goals, individual goals of, you know, the, the people in the company and the overall company goals that drive us in that successful direction. You talked about goals and you talked about caring and part of caring is holding people accountable 100%. to hitting their goals and accomplishing their goals. Can you talk to us a little bit more about that? Like, like how do you hold people accountable to their goals? I mean, I look at every single paycheck every month in the company. Um, I compare it against my notes for the goals that I was told on the day they got hired. And if they exceed the goals, I call them personally and you know, tell them nice job, ask what I can do to help, ask what the company can do better. Um, and if they fall short a little bit, maybe they don't get a call, but if they fall short a lot, I ask how I can step in and what we can do to move the needle, right? You know, uh, a lot of that is just a personal touch. I know everybody in the company personally, everybody has my cell phone and I'm always there. And I know that that can't happen. It's one of the reasons why I've kept the headcount at Sunny Financial so small and haven't expanded it like other companies have. Um, I would rather scale individuals, so take a person from five loans a month at another company to 30 loans a month at Sunny Hill, than hire, you know, seven people doing five loans a month to get to 35 loans. Um, I'd rather have that person and drive them to their success. Now, in this changing market, obviously, there's a lot of pivots and a lot of things yeah. going on right now, and now it's time for, you know, the leadership team at Sunny Hill to hustle and to make the pivot, make the transition, and point the ship in the right direction. The good news is we expected this to happen. We built a real estate company because of this. We've you know, opened a construction company to help us acquire listings and run business through the purchases uh, for Sunny Hill Financial with Sunny Hill Realty, right? There's a synergy there that gives us levers to pull that other companies can't. And we're at the point now where it's, we're starting to flip the switches. And that's pretty cool to see. Um, it's also difficult because we knew we wanted to flip those switches, but it's a new thing, right? So there's challenges yeah. and struggles, and you know, every rollout doesn't obviously go smoothly. But um, we're in a different position than a lot of other brokerages and companies, um, and I'm pretty happy with where we're at. 
and where we're going. So yeah. Yeah, I, I've been noticing the transition, but still, I mean, even though you you're doing the real estate and the construction company, you guys like I really looked at some of your numbers. Uh, you you run one of the largest shops in America, and when I look at the conversion when it comes to leads, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, you guys are really really up there. You guys converted at a very high level. Even like I heard you talking about credit triggers last week when we were in New York. Mm-hmm. I mean, you even convert credit triggers. There's some crazy numbers compared to the normal average industry numbers. Mm-hmm. Walk me through that. Like, like what makes Sunny Hill so special to be able to convert at such high level? It's it's a hungry mentality. Um, it's a mentality. I mean, at the beginning of the business, you know, anybody who started a brokerage or started a business in general knows that you have to take drastic measures and you have to take risks and you have to follow a north light, right? And for us, we, we're willing to work, right? That's a given. That's the assumption is everybody at Senio Financial is willing to work. And in the beginning, we... I mean, I, I wrote the last dollar out of my bank account for our final marketing budget, and I sat everybody down and said, hey, do not lose a loan on price. Do not lose a loan on price. Write the loan regardless of the margin. Put in the work, put in the effort. And the overall idea is this. If we're willing to work for less than everybody else in the industry, we're going to be able to offer a better product to consumers. And we're going to be able to drive a better service because I'm obsessed with client service. I am absolutely obsessed with the experience. I'm obsessed with honoring word to clients. Even if our LO was wrong, I will lose money on the loan. Um, Reputation matters in this industry. You're in the people's business. My word matters to me. And by that, Sunny Hill's word matters to me. And by doing that, we found that every three conversions we did generated a referral. Um, apparently clients like a good price, they like a good service, they like friendly people, they like competent LOs, you know, that know the guidelines. Uh, in the beginning I made everybody read the guidelines once a year. And uh, we found that it didn't matter what we wrote the lead loan at. What it did was build our book of business, build our reputation, and give us a platform to ask for business. And I mean, I'll just give you an example. We have an LO, uh, Brian Cook in yeah. Utah. Uh, he calls himself the king of Utah. I call himself. He does. He's the best individual LO in the country, in my opinion. How's that billboard going? Um, Do we have it up? I there? heard, as of today, that it's, it's got some movement. That's We're awesome. going to get that billboard up. Um, but uh, we spent 140, roughly, uh, and I might be off a little bit on the numbers, but about $140,000 on Brian Cook. And... I asked Brian, I said, just write everything. But hold on, what, just so we make sure people understand what you're saying, it's 140000 on marketing. Just marketing. Because I've heard that story. For Brian. So, yeah. Just okay. marketing, marketing dollars for Brian. And I said, Brian, just, just write everything. Write everything, it doesn't matter the margin, I don't care if we make money. Write everything. So Brian Cook goes in there and starts writing 80, 90 loans a month giving an extreme level of client service. And when I say extreme, I mean the guy works nonstop. I've never seen anything yeah. like it. Um, you know, the guy's a, a hustler. There's I'm reviews a- online saying we built an AI called Brian Cook because he's always on. And uh, Brian Cook, up until recently, we hadn't bought a single lead for him in two and a half years. He did 1,100 loans in 2020. He did 800 loans in 2021. 100% referral driven from that initial $140,000 spend. 
because we were right. Clients care about price, they care about service, they care about the competence of the LO, and they care about the speed. Our average closing at the time was 18 and a half days from hello to CTC. So clients like that. And Brian Cook is gonna continue to grow and we're pushing to get him to a billion in 2024. So Brian, if you listen to this, I just put your goal out publicly. More marketing to grow that book of business. Well, yeah, given in this market, you know, you know, margins go up, you have purchase business. Yeah. Um, you're making a transition, you're dealing a lot with your realtor partners, making sure you take care of them, you know, landing builder, builder contracts, things like that. You know, working with Sunny Hill Realty is a big help. You know, having boots on the ground on your side is a help. Um, but uh, him and I sat down. And he said, "I wanted to do a billion. I said, "Well, we got to start marketing. We got to turn. The, we got to flip the switch again." And guys, doing the exact same thing we did last time. This is the market where you invest in yourself. You invest in your pipeline. Anybody, you know, anybody who's shutting down their marketing spend, who's not planning for the future, not trying to acquire market share is not gonna reap the benefits the next time rates drop. And, and we know rates, rates will drop. Like, like, rates have to drop. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a capital markets guy. I'm not, I don't have a crystal ball, but uh, if I was to bet money, if rates are gonna drop eventually, I would say yes. Yeah. So how do you build now for then? And okay, margins don't matter. I'll just say it again, margins don't matter. As long as you're breaking even and helping clients, it'll pay you. All, it'll pay off in the future. So it's a different mindset. It's so interesting this concept that you, you talk about, and it's not the first time I've heard you talk about it. And I've met Brian, and I know that that's you guys truly it's real, believe it's it, true. and it's working, right? Yeah. I met him. We talked about it. He continues to work his book of business. It's so interesting this concept. I don't know how many brokers out there uh, fo- follows this concept, but the concept of investing now, building that book of business, and and then eventually those referrals is what you're counting on. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I am incredibly long term minded you know I I don't think I've ever sold crypto as an example yeah. ever uh, you know I I believe in building for the future I believe in investing time and, and effort in something that'll pay off not everything pays off right I'm gonna lose right I'm gonna make poor decisions it happens but having that long-minded mentality allows you to constantly build and that's one of the reasons why I like rocket uh, rockets very long-minded as well and you know that's one of the reasons why I work with Rocket. So, yeah, it, it's different. It's a different mindset than the cash grab in our industry. It's a really common mindset with companies. Like, hey, rates are low. Let's just grab all the money. Rates go up. Let's shut down and wait. You're limiting yourself as a business. You're not building through the problems. You're not building through adversity. And you're not setting yourself up in a better position for the next refinance boom than you were the last time. You're just gonna stay flat as a business, and sometimes that's okay, but it's not okay with me. Yeah. Um, listen, we all know market changed. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just a different market, and we have a lot of brokers, and I speak to a ton of brokers and LOs, and it, the question is always like, hey, what kind of leads should I be purchasing right now? Like, what, what I wanna invest in leads for mm-hmm. us. Where do I go? Like, what kind of leads? Is it worth it? Is it not? I mean, you do it at a very, very high level, large scale, convert at a very, very, very high level. What advice will you have for like newer brokers that are thinking about purchasing leads? Don't view the leads that you get as all there is to get from a lead company. And I'll explain what I mean by that. You know, uh, 
a lot of a lot of companies, you know, and I, I've done this myself in the beginning. A lot of companies will buy a lead; it doesn't work. They shut off the leads. They move on. Um, everything's negotiable in life, right? Everything's negotiable. So if you really want to get good leads, if you really want to, you know, have higher conversions, you got to optimize the lead sets and optimize what the lead companies are giving you, right? I'm not going to name lead companies. It doesn't really matter, yeah. right? It doesn't matter where the data comes from. So if you're going to test a lead, be extremely hands-on with quality. Be extremely hands-on with, you know, the leverage that you can pull. Have full knowledge of what that company does, how they get their leads, where they come from, how their marketing works. Ask them to tweak things for you. Ask them to give you different subsets. Optimize. When you stop doing that, your conversion will drop. Yeah. Your conversion will drop. I mean, it doesn't matter what the lead source is, right? Now, if you do that and you exhaust options and it's not converting or it's not cost effective or, you know, the CAC is too high, um, then you shut it off, right? But if you're Next diligent, switch. you should be able yeah. to do that Pivot. quick. Yeah. Figure it out. Pivot, yeah. So, you know, I'm wrong a lot, right? I'm wrong a lot, and I'm okay with that. Uh, what I'm not okay with is having the flexibility to pull the trigger to move and pivot. And I'm also not afraid to light money on fire because marketing and trying to find the next beachhead for your company involves you lighting a large stack of money on fire and having to stomach it. And that's okay. It's part of business. Right? You can't always make the right decision. Yeah, you got to make mistakes to learn. Yeah, and you know, you tailor that with a team that's trying to win at all costs and write loans at all costs, you know, it, it is easier, right? The, the team matters, the mentality of the team matters. But if you can provide them, my goal with leads is to provide them clients that can qualify and that want to move forward on something, right? May not be now, maybe later, maybe it is right now, right? But it, I'm confident if you put a client that qualifies, that wants to move forward, we have a good chance to win the deal, right? To win the business because I, I feel like we have a good product and we care. Now, my job is to put as many of those people in front of my guys as I can, guys and girls. Yeah. So, I mean, that's one of the reasons uh, we work with, you know, your dialer team. Yeah. So, Pro Dialer, I know you guys have been using it for a couple of months. Yeah, Pro Dialer. Um, I've looked at a bunch of other companies. Uh, I'll be honest, you know, my time at Quicken, I actually was uh, Quicken back in the day. I was actually stuck in a hiring freeze and was doing dials for six months. Yeah. So I understand very well how it works. You understand and, the logistics of it. Well, I also that. understand the training. Yeah. I also understand the message. I understand the capabilities. And, um, you know, this is another thing, right? If you're going to use a dialing company, make sure you participate in the training of that dialing team. I was in on every call. I was critiquing. I was participating. I was doing mock phone calls myself with, the, with your dialing team, making sure the message was Sunny Hill. Yeah. Making sure they understood Sunny Hill. And that message, I mean, we have an incredible transfer rate. We're driving 150 to 250 inbound calls a day, purchases, clients looking for homes um, into Sunny Hill. And I think it's a testament to the program. Yeah. You know, I, I really do. And if your phone's ringing that much, all you need to do is make sure your team's trained to convert and they're answering the phones. Pick up, provide good service, and make sure you put people in the right program. Yeah, I mean, we're at a point now where we need more people within Sunny Hill Financial to even answer all the calls. Yeah. Um, so, 
it's a good problem to have, and I'm okay. Once again, we're, we're burning money there. We're lighting money on fire. I love the tip, though, because, look, if you invest in a dialing company, like someone to dial for you, yeah. I love the tip that you gave, like, get involved, listen to these calls, figure out what are they saying, and make sure that it's, and, and I love the part where you said you had our team get to understand what Sunny Hill is all about, to understand I'm, you and your team. Because I'm dedicated to the message. Yeah. Right. I'm dedicated to any extension from Sunny Hill Financial or any of the Sunny Hill family companies um, to have a consistent message. It doesn't matter if Rocket is part is one of the arms reaching out for us. It doesn't matter if it's another company. I'm going to make sure they understand the message, and I'm going to be on the calls. I'm going to I'm going to be on the the weekly calls. I'm going to listen to call clips from both sides, and I'm going to make sure our message is driving through because I believe in it. Right. We all have to have some core beliefs, right? Quicken has the isms. I've got my own behind the scenes, right? My own message to my company. And I believe that's core. And if I'm not going to live that, how do I expect anybody else to live that and take the responsibility to be part of creating a better process for our clients? The job of a leader is to lead by example. And you got to believe in what you're preaching. You must believe in that. And you got to participate, which Absolutely. is the hard part. The yeah. busier you get, the harder it is to participate. You're going all over the place. You still got to make time. It's important. Yeah. Look, uh, again, like I mentioned when I begin it, when I, when I started this conversation, I talked about how inspiring to see you operate. There's every time I have a conversation with you, you're thinking about the future. You're thinking about the next thing. You're thinking mm-hmm. about what to do next. And I know that you're motivated, and I know you have goals, and I get all that, right? But but. Tell me a little bit about like what, what what drives you to get up every single morning to motivate your team, because you do it at a very very high level. Like like what is it? I care, you know. Um, I honestly care about the success of everybody working at Sunny Hill Financial, and I am incredibly difficult on myself. I view myself as a failure every day, and I think to some of the people that know me most closely don't understand it but it's what makes me good because if I feel like I'm always failing I'm always trying to get better this is a personal thing right? it's a personal struggle yeah Um, and I'm trying to be as honest as I can about it because I'm very direct and honest with myself so I will be with you Um, that internal drive that internal fire of always trying to get better just for myself and that comes down to the things I'm doing for my business things I'm doing for the people that trust me to work with me, right? Because I don't like to call people employees, right? These are people that put their faith in me and their trust in me to help them accomplish their goals. I take that extremely seriously. So I ask people that aren't motivated, why aren't you motivated to help the people that put their trust in you? Because I don't view it that way. I don't view it as effort. I view it as a necessity of their trust for me to push myself to get better and to make them better and to help them accomplish their goals to check in with them, to care. Um, you know, you, you say it's interesting watching me operate. Um, you know, one of the things, I, I would actually invite you to do it with me sometime. Um, I isolate myself once a year in a room for three days. Yeah. Nothing, right? Uh, so not very many people know about this. Um, and I create the entire plan for all businesses and personal um, in those three days. And I follow it. And then the following, the following couple days, I, I bring in the, the main points of contact within my businesses that I, I need help, right? I'm aware. I, I can't do everything. I'm not perfect. Uh, I'm terrible at a lot of things. Um, I'm completely unorganized. I'm, uh, I'm just a floating 
idea, right? I guess that's the way to put it. And I need to be focused sometimes. And if I don't isolate myself and put myself in a situation where all I can do is think, I won't do it because I'm being pulled a thousand different directions. So having a plan for your business, if there's anything I could tell a business owner is have a plan and follow it, right? I can show you the notebooks from every single planning session from my life for the last six years. And I can show you I've done everything. If you don't put it on paper and you don't think on it and you don't try to optimize it, you don't bring in the right leaders to help you accomplish those goals, to move those tasks for you, your company's not going to grow, right? You're not going to find the success and you're not going to be driven. So, you know, it's an important thing and people don't have plans for their businesses. They're just kind of floating. Walk me through this isolation process. I've been <laughs> trying to imagine Fawaz for three days. So I used to I do it. No cell phones, no computer, no human beings. What is it? Walk me through it. It's actually, uh, it's pretty rudimentary. Um, I, I spend the first day reviewing every single notebook and plan from the previous years. Um, I take pretty detailed journals. I have them with me now. Um, they have every single plan initiative, everything I've ever pitched to uh, a partner, everything I've pitched throughout my career. Um, you know, every idea I've had. And I start by reading that, and I find that revisiting where I was mentally in the past, I can see the progress from the years going forward. But more importantly, the previous year is the big one, because I get to really be honest with myself. Did I, did I push myself hard enough? Did I, um, did I accomplish what I set out to do? And if not, why? And does it matter? And that doesn't matter is a really important question, because if it doesn't matter, it was a bad idea. And I know that now, right? And that's okay. Now I know I don't need to focus on that the next year. So I start off by doing that. And I used to do this. I used to own a loft in Oakland in not a great area. That's why you've never been there. Um, and at one time, that's the original headquarters for Sunny Hill uh, Financial. I lived in the third floor. The company was in the first floor. And there was a kitchen on the second floor for breaks. And uh, I would isolate myself in there. I'd have really no computer, no phone. Um, I would I would do it from 9 to 5 every day. And I'd have a stack of papers, and I would just start literally brainstorming trees, doing trees based on each company, on the things that I can drive the business. And some of them are ridiculous. Some of them are great. Some of them are okay. But if you're not open to just putting everything on paper, you're going to start to already prejudge things. So I, I really do mean isolation. I don't really take phone calls. Um, and I So you basically do a business review. You review the previous yeah. year, you do your own business review, and then you look, because I want to make sure like people are really getting what you're saying, and then you actually assess, and the things that didn't uh -huh. work, you're, you're going to make sure that you check them off so yeah. you don't actually make the same mistakes the, pre the, the next year. Yeah, and what I find is, whatever the goals I put into during that session, um, on all the companies, we generally hit about 80% of them. I would challenge somebody to look at the goals they set out and see if they hit 80% of the goals they set out for their you know, New Year's resolution. I do this in December every year, right? Um, but the important thing is the first day is really review and conceptualize ideas and direction. Um, nothing's concrete. The second day is stack ranking and critically thinking on each one and how to accomplish them and what's needed and who is needed within my organization. And if I don't have a body that I need, where would I find the body? Where would I find the person to help? 
Um, the third day is I try to make every idea fail. Because if I can make them fail, it's not a good enough idea to mobilize on. Um, and these are these are things, uh, you know, I'll give you an example. Um, you'd start off with start a real estate company. And the reason you'd want to start a real estate company is because you know the market's going to turn great. You know, okay, I was right on that one. Market turned. Um, but how do you build a real estate company? I mean, I'm, I'm a mortgage guy. Yeah. Well, how do I do it? Well, I'm pretty good at marketing and driving leads. So I don't really care about the benefit of making money on a realtor's personal business, but I just, I just want to make money on the leads I drive them. And you start to flesh out ideas, and you start to come up with a fresh new idea that you haven't heard of in a, in a, in a real estate industry. Um, and then I think, okay, there's something there. And then I try to poke holes in that idea. Right now, now you have the current iteration of Sunny Hill Realty, right? Which I think is probably one of the better offerings for a real estate agent in the country. Um, and that idea, then you start to fork off of, right? So I start to fork off of it with other businesses that can support it because you want to grab the ecosystem because you want to control the client experience. So Sunny Hill Financial and Sunny Hill Realty or something, maybe we need a title company where we control it. You know, you know, I, we're headquarters out of the Bay Area. Right, we might need people that you know in order to get a better price on selling their home, they might need a renovation. Well, okay, I'm going to open a construction company, and I'm going to do that for them. So instead of you know, hey, you can sell this as is at 1.2, maybe you can sell it with a little bit of work in it for 1.6. Let us help you get there. You're building a full platform for your client. Yes, right, and that's the difference. Is I'm never going to be the biggest mortgage broker. I don't want to be. I don't care to be. Um, well, you know, that'd be cool, but. Uh, I, but I want to be the best option for those people that have access to us. And if I can do that, we'll find success. Yeah. Right. And we'll be durable. Right. We'll be very durable as a family of companies. Right. If you rely on one income stream like it is what it is, if you rely on 10, the odds of all 10 going south at the same time is much lower than one. Yeah. So, yeah. I love it. I love it. Uh, I have a question for you. Sure. And we have a lot of those, but the market's changed, right? Mm -hmm. And you, you see some of those are doing very good still, and the business is good, and some are struggling. What advice would you give a those that are struggling in today's market? Figure out why you're struggling, right? There's, there's LOs that are struggling in my company, and I'm working with them to figure out why. We all got complacent over the last two years. Be honest with yourself. You're not amazing at sales, right? Last two years, nobody had to sell anything. Yeah, we you know? enjoyed it. We, en <laughs> we enjoyed four years of, you know, really solid business. And there's a lot of new people to the industry. But, you know, I, I'd urge people to look at yourself as the problem also. Um, there's a reason why you're not converting. Um, there's a reason why clients aren't calling you back for referrals. And be honest with yourself. Be aware of your faults and plug them. You know, like work on yourself. And don't be afraid to invest in yourself. Even if you light money on fire, you're investing in your future. And if you want to stay in the mortgage industry long enough, that's what it takes. So, I, yeah. I remember when I first started as an LO, because I was a banker also on the retail side. And, and I have an accent, so I was always worried, like, oh, my God, I have an accent. Am I going to do well? Am yeah. I going to do well? And I struggled the first, like, two or three months. So I started listening to my calls. I would record my call, and I would listen to my calls. And I would follow a script, like a guide, a guide, like what am I asking? Am I asking the right questions? Am I digging deep? Am I really having the yeah. client to open up to me or not? 
And I promise you, like, like if you listen to your calls, first of all, no one likes listening to their calls. You you watch a lot of interviews with actors and actresses, and they don't like watching their own movies. No one wants to see themselves on camera yeah. or listen. But it helps you identify all the things that you feel you've missed on or you made mistakes on. And, and, and if you continue doing that every single day, I promise you for 30 days, you have to get better because you're critiquing your own self and you, and you follow what you, the things that you made, similar to the isolation. Yeah. You do a business review, whatever you made mistakes on, you're not going to repeat next year. Same thing. But you got to invest in yourself. Well, you know, there's a reason for your success as an LO and in life. Um, I hear a lot of times that like, oh, he's a natural born salesman. Sales is a skill. Yeah. Sales is not something you're born with. Sales is a skill. It's something you need to practice. I still write loans to this day. I made Scotsman Guide while building this. Uh, I think that's the most ridiculous thing ever, by the way. Um, and I use it as a joke for anybody else in my company that I was ahead of because it should not have happened with my schedule. But I need to keep my skills sharp because I value them, right? So sales is a skill. And you need to practice it. So you call it, you know, uh, you know, a call script. I call it a call structure. Yeah, right? a guide. You have to make what your, what your process is consistent. And there's a reason for that, right? And I'm not saying, you know, so you can pull the wool over a client's eyes. It needs to be consistent so that your message is consistent, so that you're polished, so that you sound confident. No one wants to work with someone that's questioning what they're saying. And if you have a rhythm to how you're presenting loans and how you're answering calls and how you're asking about goals and you know how you're asking for the business. I mean, think I would ask a struggling LO, how many times are you asking for business on a, on a call? Because I reviewed a lot of calls and we found that we were not asking for the business because rates were selling themselves in the past. Yeah. Now we're asking for the business again. But it's a skill. you got to invest the time. you got to practice. you got to rep it out with your friends, your family members, whatever, whoever you can bounce the idea off of because... You just gotta, you gotta hone the skill. For sure. And you have to understand that it is a skill. And if you're not failing, it's because you're not honing that skill and practicing and reaching out and how how to do it, right? Great tip, because look, you talked about it like sales isn't like, hey, it's it's something, it's a skill, you gotta learn it. And in the last four years, none of us had to ask for the business, so we forgot how to ask for the business. And now it's time (laughs) where you gotta relearn it and start asking for business. I agree with you, I really do. I uh, let's go let's let's talk a little bit per, about your personal life. I I did a little bit of homework. By the way, your picture on your website, short hair. I, I had a mustache too. And I, I think so. Yeah. I borrowed. That's a that's from a company called Cindio that's no longer around. I did not know that there were photos. The first day at Cindio, I showed up in a suit and I was pulled aside by the CEO. This is in San Francisco and told I couldn't wear a suit because I couldn't hire engineers. So I, I said okay, right? Jeans and t-shirt all day. And then we had photo day. Yeah, we had photo day. And they're like, well, now we need a professional photo. And I'm in jeans and a T-shirt. So I borrowed that jacket. And it's somewhat of an inside joke that we use. I'm an incredibly private individual. Um, You won't see me doing a podcast. or You won't see videos of me. Um, And so we use that picture as kind of a joke. Um, But, yeah. I love it. What about my personal life? Let's talk about this. So. You're born in Michigan. Born in Michigan. You moved to Oakland. Uh, first. And now you're in Reno, Nevada. For a long time, I thought you were out of AZ because I met you at, a, at one of your homes in AZ. Yeah, so uh, uh, I was born in Michigan, moved all over the U.S., uh, lived in Europe for a while. Uh, my, my family got moved over there for my dad's work. 
Had a great experience, by the way. I love it in Italy. Italy's a wonderful place. Uh, moved back to Michigan and then took a job at Rocket Quicken at the time. Uh, after I did a master's, uh, you know, I did some master's work in Grand Valley, um, biomedical science and chemistry. So I uh, went down. Uh, actually, I got Rocket to pay for my relocation. I had now two nickels to rub together. I had to bum my first month's rent off of my friend who worked at Rocket down there. And I spent the two years down at Rocket, took a job at a mortgage startup based out of San Francisco, moved to San Francisco for a while, moved over to Oakland, built Sunny Hill Financial with my partner Ben Robinson and Brian Cook. Um, and then more recently, I moved to Reno, Nevada because I like a little bit of a slower life um, I am very, very private, so I like more privacy. And when you live in the inner city, everybody's stacked on top of each other. Um, and I love it there. It's great. But, yeah, I, I do have houses all over the place, so I'm a bit of a... I don't know how Tyler lives a slower life. I, I don't know what that means. You've been on the road for the last five <laughs> years, you're, uh, five weeks. You're going to be on the road for the next couple of months. But yeah. somehow you're, you're talking about a slower life. Well, you have to, you have to spend the time to recharge. And yeah. when I'm at home in Reno... Um, in my house, that's really the time I recharge. I don't really do much. Um, I, I really do enjoy the slower times that I have, which is not very often, as you know. Um, but you have to recharge and you have to view, you know, I, I'm going to say something controversial right now. I miss COVID. You miss COVID? I miss COVID. When COVID happened and I was forced home and forced to spend time with, you know, my, my, my girlfriend and, you know, I... It really honestly focused me a lot on the business and then spending time with the ones I loved and communicating with them because it took all the noise of the travel, took all the noise of the pushing on other things and focused on what do we need to do to survive. I mean, the first thing I did when COVID hit is while everybody was peeling back and shutting down, uh, I, I basically tripled our marketing budget and told the team, I will invest through this. I don't care if we lose money, you're not going to lose money during COVID because we didn't know what was going to happen. Lo and behold, it was one of the greatest refinance booms of all time, so I lucked into that one. But uh, I miss the outside pressure forcing me to slow down my lifestyle. Um, now I couldn't do that forever, right? It's a short-term thing, and it was out of my control, but, you know, I, I, I do miss that time that focused me a bit. I love the drive. I don't miss COVID. I love your drive, but I don't miss COVID at all. Yeah. Thank God. We're not dealing with COVID. Uh, I just missed that one aspect of it. All the rest of it, I don't care for. Let's talk about the three cups of coffee every morning and you're reading a book. But let's start with the three cups of coffee. What type of coffee? So I'm I'm very picky with coffee. So uh, I, I drink uh, a red eye to start the day. Okay. Um, Can so we I tell espresso, our audience? Yeah, espresso machine. Okay. Um, I drink basically blonde blends because I like the taste more. My friends call it hipster coffee. So I do... A shot of espresso in a mug, and then I pour, you know, coffee into it. Um, I only do that for the first one. I'm a very, very slow morning guy. I don't take meetings until after ten, um, which is why when I come out here to Detroit, it's difficult for me in the first couple meetings. Um, and we got I, you at eight a.m. today. I I appreciate I appreciate a later start today. Um, look again, I'm aware. I know I'm foggy in the morning, and if you want me sharp, right, you gotta you gotta pick the right times. Did you know that? And I just learned this, by the way, and I drink a ton of coffee. And somehow I always thought that if you got a dark roast, it's more caffeine. It's actually the opposite. Light roast, all day. Blonde roast has more caffeine than dark roast. Yeah, all day. 
And, you know, what I like to do is um, I like to slowly wake myself up. Um, if, if I have an abrupt morning or a chaotic morning, my mindset for the whole day is chaotic. And I learned that early on. Um, I would negotiate with companies, you know, basically no start times in the morning. Simply because when I show up, you're going to have the best version of me. And that's what you want every day. Um, and a lot of people question me, but it's true. And so I'll wake up, I'll have a coffee, um, I'll sit outside, I'll read a book. It doesn't really matter what the book is, you know, uh, Brian Cook sends me a lot of books uh, to read, uh, a lot of like motivational books, he's big into that, which is great, right? I do find value in reading those, even though I don't always agree with everything. Um, but I read a lot of fiction, I read a lot of stuff I can finish in a few days. Um, but the whole idea is to not think about work first thing in the morning and to just slowly kind of wake yourself up, at least in my, uh, in my case. But, you know, 9 o'clock hits. If I'm still feeling foggy, generally I'll, you know, maybe have another cup of coffee and wait it out. But, you know, 9.30, I'm at the desk, ready to go. Um, normally it's 9, but that's just how I operate. Now I work late into the evening. You know, I'll, I'll work really late. You know, I'll, I'll work until 2 a.m. sometimes. Um, just thinking through ideas or problems that the business is having or, you know, things we can optimize. But I find the mornings are the most valuable for me if I slow them down incredibly, you know, which is not, you know, I know. You do your couple of hours of isolation in the morning. So you do your three-day isolation once a year, yeah. but you also do like, like hour or two of isolation in the morning planning your day. I mean, I, I do have a sauna, okay? I'll do the majority of my morning emails in the sauna. <laughs> Um, Interesting. Yeah, which is it's strange, but again, it's it's all about getting yourself ready to make decisions. You know, I always say my, my job is not my job at, at this point is not as like a sales leader or anything other than a few decisions are put in front of me a day. Right? Let's say three decisions are put in front of me a day. And I'm sure it's the same with you. Um, and I want to be in the best headspace to be able to make those decisions with you know, as, as best I can. So, you know, I, I find I'm pretty good at it if I follow that kind of a structure, right? Obviously, I have day-to-day -day stuff I do, but it's all about being prepared to, you know, solve the big, the big problem, the big solution of the day, or the big direction, because that's what's needed to steer the ship. It's not the, it's not the you know, the day-to-day -day stuff you do. It's, you know, answering the big questions. I love it. Listen, we're about 10 minutes late for dinner, but it's okay. We're going to enjoy dinner, Mike, me and you and your team, yeah. and our team. But before we go, you read every single morning. Mm -hmm. What is one book you've read that you feel like, hey, this book, Falaz, has really made an impact, like had an impact on me? An impact? An impact on work or an impact in life? Just life, work, like a book <laughs> where you're like, man, this was a really good book and it helped me a lot. Sure. So I haven't reread it in a while. This Side of Paradise by F. Scott. Um... I don't know what it is, right? I wasn't a big fan of The Great Gatsby, but um, This Side of Paradise, short, it's his first book, it's about him in college, and it's just about the struggles of a man and the difficulties he goes through as he kind of goes through life. Um, and I don't know what it is, but I reflect on it a lot. I find myself reflecting on it quite a bit, you know. I, I read, you know, I, I don't read substantial novels anymore, I'm too busy to sit down. Uh, I'm just graphic. Um, Reading is very difficult for me. So um, I like to read things that I can finish because uh, I'm also OCD, so if I don't finish a book, I dwell on it. 
and beat myself up about it. So um, I recently read Ready Player One and Ready Player Two. Those are fun. Um, but I read a lot of fiction because I, there's enough seriousness in my life. I don't watch news. I don't. I don't blame you. I don't watch news. I, I don't do anything. I don't follow really much. Um, and when I do take the time to read, I, I kind of want it to be fun because it's a mental exercise for me because I'm dysgraphic to push through it and I want to I want to enjoy it but if I stop reading I'm not as sharp and maybe that's just a perception but that's how I feel right continue working on yourself and read I, I love reading as well but I don't do fiction uh, You're I not find fiction myself guy? a lot more like motivation like I want to read about people's stories I, I want, could see that. I want to get inspired by like stories and like people that accomplished things and, and what they've been through and the struggles they've been through I love that part yeah I struggle with those books because I would rather spend the time focusing on like the struggles that like we're going through or people close to me. Uh, I'm a very, like, I'll say I'm a very family oriented person and family extends to friends yeah. and people I'm loyal to. Um, and I, I, I would rather focus on those issues and then read something fun than to, you know, read about somebody else's sometimes fictionalized story. So I don't know. You just called me out. Thinks there's some of them are fictional. Nah, I'll share with you the couple that I just read. Yeah, I think there's value to them. Absolutely. Listen, we got you on a podcast. Yeah, you did. And we got you on camera. That's the first and time. And we're going to post this. Say hi to camera. Rachel, thank you for your help. Tyler, we appreciate you. We appreciate <laughs> sure. you spending the time with the team here in Michigan for the next couple of days. We're going to go have some dinner and enjoy our time. Yeah, it'll be fun. I've had a nice time here. I appreciate you. Yeah.